and welcome to Babes of Quinty. I'm Katie and that's Kay. We are your underqualified babes chatting with qualified people to learn more about the baddest and brightest people and events in the Quinty area. But first, let's catch up. Can I, you, can I tell you something really embarrassing? Yeah. So I downloaded this game on my phone mm-hmm. and I'm hopelessly addicted to it. What is it? It's called literally just mowing. Do you mow lawn? Yes. But you're too pretty for manual labor. No, but it's <laughs> because I don't do manual labor. Apparently I need to do it on this game on my phone, but it's just like, I don't know if it's just like the ADHD. It's like the satisfying feeling of like getting in the perfect like lawn shapes. You literally just mow a lawn. Yeah. Okay. And you get different fields and different like types of lawns. And then you can customize your ride on mower. So it's like you're doing hay. And mine's like really gay right now. Cause it's like super like right. Ra- I have a rainbow mower with a rainbow blade. It's ridiculous and it's probably the dumbest thing i have ever done in my life but summoning your queer but it's one of those things it's just like it shuts off my brain right before i go to bed so i pay i like mow three lawns because i don't mow my lawn at my at my actual place because i pay someone to do it for me why don't you just cut grass is this (laughs) this hilarious is this where i'm supposed to jump in i think yeah sure why not going you know they make lawnmowers you can actually do it actually do it what if you stop paying the person you mow your lawn no i still have to pay it because they do oh is it like part of your condo fee it's part of my condo fee and they do like the snow removal and like all the maintenance stuff wait till you discover a weed whacker (gasps) did they make that video game i don't know but it was it was a featured (laughs) game on the apple app store so like i'm done these games are it's and it's called literally just mowing and like that's not like just mowing just literally mowing Okay. Hang on. What is the name of the game? Is it literally just, just mowing or is it just mowing. literally mowing or is it just mowing? I don't know. <laughs> You've given three names I for the game. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I can't It's play literally game. just mowing. Literally is in the name of the game? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, it's ac- okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's my, that's, that's, that's how my week's going. I'm never going to play that. I'm never going to play I, that. No, and that's fine. Because I, I have to go And then, like, you have to, like, mow the lawn. And if you miss, like, a blade of grass, it, like, pings at you. And I'm like, oh, my God, I missed one. <sighs> See, my son cuts the grass at home in real life. Yeah. Not on a screen. And when he misses a blade of grass, I ping at him. I was going to say, I was going to be like, do you have a <laughs> oh squirt bottle you get to spray him with when he misses? Yeah. Uh, okay, probably our... introduce our guest. Nah, why bother now? No, well, I, know, I, have, I have a whole introduction. <laughs> right. a and nobody knows intro. your voice. It's not normal. Nobody it's not, knows it's your not voice. Like all right. known at all. <laughs> <laughs> Today we are chatting with an incredibly talented individual who is definitely qualified to speak into a radio mic. He is a familiar voice on Cool 100 in the afternoon and is the program director and vice president at Starboard Communications. He is a seven-time winner of the Canadian Country Music Association Music Director of the Year Award and has assisted Cool 100 in winning the Canadian Country Music Ontario Radio Station of the Year Award for a medium market for five years. In 2020, he was nominated by the Country Music Association in Nashville for the International Broadcaster Award. If that is not enough, he has met some of the biggest names in country music, including Jade Eagleson, Tebe, Dallas Smith, and Keith Urban. He is a husband as well as a father to two teenagers and a cat. He plays a wicked game of golf and has the best head of hair we've ever seen. We yeah. would like to welcome Paul Ferguson, also known as Ferg, to the Babes of Quincy podcast. All right. Thank you. Now, what makes you guys unqualified? Well, because I don't have any radio experience or any sort of formal training into talking into a microphone yeah you know you, before you, you, you came you, in here i was panicking because i didn't know what buttons to press okay so you turn the microphone on but then you just be yourself now don't you guys think you're qualified to do this then i'm qualified to be myself yeah, yeah. But like, there you go don't be so hard on yourselves <laughs> it's just there's actually therapy with ferg and i'm very yes. excited <laughs> see i slip right back into the interview mode now i've got all the questions yeah, he's but like, this is, i'm actually asking yeah, you questions yeah but that's not how this works right no, it's not. No. All right. You're not. taking this back. <laughs> How long have you been at Starboard Communications? Because I don't actually know. Oh, boy. Well, um, Starboard became Starboard back at Labor Day 2002. I actually worked for the company prior to. So the answer is the whole time that Starboard's been Starboard, which is almost 20 years. Yeah, we're coming up for a 20 year yes. anniversary. Are we going to have a party? 
Sure yes. we can. Let's have a party. Let's I can do almost plan. anything we want. Almost. 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 Okay. I, I'm down so, for the party. And how long were you with the company before? Uh, that was 2002. And uh, on a full-time basis for six years prior to that, I got into radio. I think I was 19 turning 20. Um, that yeah. is a long time. No, hang on. I was 20. I was 20 mm-hmm. when I actually worked in radio for the first time for actual money. So you worked for it for free before? Well, everybody does when you go to school. Oh, I guess oh yeah. That, yeah, 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 that makes sense. You know, you got to go to school and you do it for. You, not only do you do it for, you pay. Yeah, so you pay someone <laughs> else to do to it. Learn yeah, how to right. do it. Did you finish high school and go right into radio broadcasting at Loyalist? I did. Yeah. And what Straight made you choose school. that? Oh boy. You know the 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 first what I really set out to do, or I thought I set out to do was to get into sports broadcasting. Oh, that checks out. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And so what did I do? I registered at Loyalist for radio broadcasting. When in reality, what I probably should have done was taken um, broadcast journalism. Oh. Mm-hmm. But once I arrived and I was in the program I was in, I just kept going, you know. And it was probably a good idea in the end because, you know, the reality of our business in 2022 is that the sports broadcasting field is even nichier than the one we're in now. Yeah. Really? So, oh, a hundred percent. You know, the, the radio companies in this day and age that actually have dedicated sports directors. Very few. Very, very, yeah. very few. And you know, the idea of being a legitimate sports broadcaster, again, it's a, like, they're very limited jobs in that in so that it's sector. best to like cast your net wide. Well, yeah. And so I guess I cast my net wide by accident, you know, and got into just accident. broadcasting as a, as, as a more generic, you know, rather than the niche of your sports lane. Seems to have worked out pretty well. <laughs> You're doing all right. Yeah, it's worked out okay so far. You know, radio is a bit of a game of survivor. <laughs> Don't <laughs> tell me that. I well, just came back. You know, and, and. Sweating and, over here. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it is a bit of a game of survivor and. um here we are. We're all sitting here behind Mike, so we've survived. Yeah, no, we're doing pretty <laughs> Do you watch the show Survivor? You know, every time, and I think, what are they on? Do season 40-something? Something, like, something yeah. like that. Every time I see the previews for a new season of Survivor, I tell myself, I should really get back into that. It's so good. I watched the beginning of, like, the previous season to this, and they completely changed, like, the it's format. So changed. And it's really, really cool. And I think a Canadian won last season. Yeah. A female Canadian. And I don't think she's the first Canadian, is she? I don't think so. I think she's the first female Canadian. But the beauty of of Survivor is it's a game that's never broken. No. And that's, you know, they go to different destinations. The game is always great. It's It's so good. good. I think, yeah. I want to apply and be on it, but I don't think I do well with not eating. I get so angry. Do you think they're actually not eating? Yeah. Yes. One I guy do. lost I've always questioned that. 65 pounds. And now, so what used to happen was you would get rice. They'd arrive and they got rice and Flynn. Now you don't get anything. Uh, yeah. So you have to like, like really scavenging forage. bugs. I'd have it to really like, does sound terrible, doesn't it? Yeah. Honestly, it sounds like my worst nightmare. It sounds like they're living Terrible lifestyles in the most gorgeous places on the planet. That's yeah. which is now what radio is. Yeah, We're learning. <laughs> you know who the real? You know who the real winner of Survivor's been? Who? Jeff, Jeff. Probes. <laughs> yeah, he he's won the, the game of life. He's sixty years old. You gotta Shut be kidding. Up. I'm That's really, a hologram. I know. That's Honestly, crazy. He looks fantastic. Flawless. That's probably Botox. If I had though. to get a face implant, maybe his. Maybe Jeff. Could be. Could. Could. Who so not committing to? If you had to switch faces with one person, who would it be? I've had this conversation and my wife and my wife was there when I did. It goes back to when we um, we had the washboard union play up at Signal Brewery back a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And over at Henry's, we had had kind of a green room space where the band could hang out, you know, and I was over there with my family and we had snacks and a nice time and it was time to go over for the show. So the band leaves to go do their thing. And my wife and my kids and I are walking down the sidewalk and I said, if I could remove somebody's face and put it on mine, it would be Aaron from the washboard union, the really good looking guy who stands in the middle He's of the a Very good looking man. My wife said, Yeah, that'd work. <laughs> work. And I was oh, wholly offended. It's like, no, no, no. Yes, this was my idea, but you're not supposed to agree. <laughs> you can't agree. You're supposed to say something to make me feel better about myself, not 
Yeah, that would work. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, whose face would you take? Same guy. <laughs> <laughs> we all want to be him now. Um, Ashley Olsen. Oh. Why not the other one? Isn't she one of the twins? Yeah, well, she got a bunch of work done to her face. <laughs> Who, the other one? Yeah. Or Ashley? No, Mary Kate did. Okay. Oh, I was like, oh, so you want fillers? I see. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but am I going to? No. No. But. Because I think aging is a beautiful process, but... No shade to anyone who wants to do that stuff. But realistically, yeah, like I'm going to get Botox. You know who else has a perfect take on that? Mm. Jane Fonda. I don't think I've ever heard her speak about it. Well, she said that I'm in the third trimester of my life. I understand that. Mm -hmm. I understand I only have so many more tomorrows. So she says it's time to clean up my lifestyle. You know, back maybe in the second trimester of her life, she'd have maybe had a glass of wine or two, the whole thing. But she's going, you know what? There's only so many grains of sand in the hourglass, mm -hmm. and it's probably time that I... Uh... But anyway, she's just accepting aging, yeah. I guess, is yeah. the point. And she's trying to do it the best way to make it as long as she can. Well, that's I very nice. That. She's yeah. a champion, especially in Grace and Frankie. Big fan. Um, can I ask you, how long have you been bald for? <laughs> yeah, you can. Because I think I've always wanted to know this. All right. In my mind, you've always been bald, but at some point you had to have hair. I had hair. And I'm going to tell you... To the day. Stop oh, it. you know the exact. Okay. There's okay. an answer. <laughs> of course he knows the day. So my wife and I, this is back in November of 1999. I think it was the 9th of November, 1999. <laughs> okay. All right. Just ending. The, the here's century? how it happened. Here's how, here's how the shaved head happened. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We were on our way to Toronto to help some friends move. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I was going to stop in Coburg, which is, I grew up in the Coburg area. And I would always go to the same place and these people would cut my hair. One was Sharon, one was Heidi. Mm -hmm. And the place was called Sharon and Heidi's. <laughs> and so I sit down in the chair and I said, hey, give me the usual, just trim up up top and, you know, do the thing on the sides. She took the clippers and she went right down the middle. <gasps> and she did me the greatest service of all time because she commandeered the situation and decided, no, it's time this comes off. Oh my God. Enough of it's gone that, you know. It's time. And so she takes these clippers and does my whole head. And so I go back out to the vehicle and, you know, my wife notices and she said, oh, you got your head. I said, I didn't ask for this. But now, so we go and we help these people move. And the next day we're on our way back through town and we stop off at um, Christmas at Priskeel. That happens every year down at uh, Priskeel. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I are having like a, a tea and a cookie in this uh, little cafe they had set up. And I could see my reflection in the, the window. And I went, oh, my God, I don't mind this. And that was it. And you know what the beauty of it was? I look the same when I wake up in the morning as I do when I went to bed. Yeah, I'm jealous of that. Always yeah. the same. That's great. So the answer to the question, Katie, is November 1999. <laughs> we should put that like as an event. In the, in the community, in the calendar. community calendar. As you guys are well aware, though, I still own the hairbrush I had. I don't have the heart to get rid of my hairbrush. I knew that because that it was I, on yes. the. I didn't know cool that. 100. Was it the uh, last game? prize standing? Last prize standing. Oh, you could get you could get the brush. You can win the brush. <gasps> wow. People keep eliminating it though. I'm like, if that's a piece of history. That so is. like, you I don't know what you guys are doing. That off. That's For what? No, you're famous in my book. You're the most famous person I know. Oh, and give talk, me a well, no, and talk to you on a regular basis, like for yeah. sure. Yeah. I don't even know what to say to that. I I, I can't wrap Thank my head you? around that. I don't well, know. I don't know. <laughs> I, get, yeah, I, I, guess. Don't, I get it though. I'm just yeah. yeah. So prior to this interview, mm -hmm. we asked you what your first job ever was. Yeah. And you said farming. Yep. What was your favorite and least favorite part of that job? It's so hard to define because when you're that age, I was 11 years old turning 12 when I first started doing odd jobs on a farm. You don't love any of it. No. Because it's all That's hard work. You know that, Katie. Yeah. And um, so you don't love any of it. I guess what I love about it is easier to answer now. I think every kid should spend a summer or two. Or a winter or whatever, because farm work's not seasonal. And they should work on a farm. Oh, because yeah. that really teaches... I think what I love about it is what I took away as an adult, which is it really defines for you what an actual day's work is. Um, what I didn't like about it was the fact my brother worked on the same farm two years older than me. 
he got to drive the tractor while we were rock picking. <laughs> I was sitting in the bucket. Yep. And I was the guy actually doing the rock picking. He's driving the tractor. Yeah. And so I got so sick of doing it that I would see at the corner of my eye some rocks that should be picked. And I just wouldn't flinch. <laughs> I would try to look like I didn't notice. And then I would feel the tractor stop. He he saw it. So I'd look back at him and he's pointing at the rock and I had to climb. And go, he's doing nothing except no, driving the tractor. Pointing. Yeah. Driving the tractor is the best job. I feel like that's Clearly. kind of like an older sibling rite of passage, though, that you have to kind of like boss around your younger siblings. Well, I'm the, the youngest of seven, so I... I'm I, the oldest, so... And I know no different. Wow. I didn't know you came from such a big family. Yep. So how yep. many brothers, how many sisters? Uh, three of each. And you're the In youngest. a seven-game series, I was uh, I was game seven. I was the deciding factor. And there, so there's four boys and three Boy. girls. I have three of each. And um, the span between me as the youngest and my oldest siblings about almost 14 years. Oh, wow. So wild. Yeah. What was wild about it is that my sister got married when I was 12, turning 13 that fall. So she, like I was 12 years old and and they're starting to move out and do their own thing. And so, um, yeah, I got the math right on that. And so uh, I was an uncle before the age of 14, you know, like a lot of those things in life happened Mm -hmm. for me when I was younger, including losing hair. (laughs) I think my dad went through something similar because he's the youngest of 14. What? Yeah. French Canadian Catholic families. It's more children the closer to God. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm not French Canadian, but otherwise you're right. Yeah, I know. And it's just, yeah. So all my aunts and uncles were older than my dad. So I was never really close with them because they were all like 30 years older than me. Sure. And all my cousins were closer to my age, but still older than me. Right. So big families boggle my mind. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, you know, Chris, it took a while for me to get used to Christmas as a guy who's married with two young kids because Christmas day in a house where nine people live there is chaos, Chaos. entirely chaos. And so it took me quite a long time to get used to Christmas in a household of four, you know, um, where it's much more subdued chaos. And I think growing up in such a a massive household is why I don't like being in quiet situations. That makes sense. I don't like, you know, my wife, if she's at home alone for the weekend, the kids and I, you know, doing whatever, she's totally cool with that. That's like my perfect weekend. No, me, I hate that. If I'm alone for more than an hour or two, I go stir crazy. I'm like that. I hate, I hate it. I get bored. I love it. I get pacing like a caged tiger. I have to get in my truck, go somewhere, do something. I can't, I can't, I don't like being uh, at home alone for a weekend or something like that. I hate sure. that. Did you ever want a lot of kids? Cause you came from a big family. It's like <laughs> a trend. I see. I, I didn't ever put a number on it. Like this many, you know, when we were expecting Colin, our, our youngest of the two, I said to Vicky, oh, that's twins. That's twins. Ah, yeah, that's twins. Because she was carrying huge. And I would joke about it and the whole thing. And she said, uh, okay, let me explain what this means if there's twins. We have to sell this house because there's now not enough bedrooms. We got to get rid of our vehicles because they're now not. I went, okay. Nope. Joke's over. (laughs) No twins. The joke died right on the spot. I think my dad wanted twins because he was like, two and we're done at the same time. And my mom was like, no. That'll be so much work. So well, not twins. Yeah, I was kind of half expecting it because twins run in the family. My grandmother oh. was a twin. She married a twin. Stop it. Yeah. So we've kind of been waiting for somebody. Someone. Has like, anyone huh? had twins? No. We're overdue. <laughs> maybe we're it'll overdue. be maybe your like kids. Molly like, or Colin are going to have yeah. twins. Well, I, just, I haven't said anything because I don't want to scare them off the idea. <laughs> yeah. No, that would scare so. the living daylights out of me. I, no. Yeah. I can't imagine. A buddy of mine's got twins. And and yes, it's a lot of work, according to him, um, in those early years. But then they get to an age where they entertain themselves. Each other, I should say. So I have a pandemic baby. And one of my other friends also has pandemic twins. Oh. Yeah. So actually, like in the last two years, I know four separate people who've had twins. Huh. Like, which is seems really odd to me. And they're, they're probably just over two now. So they're at the point where they're kind of like playing with each other for a little bit and they're really cute. 
See, none of these questions were on the form. Isn't it interesting no. where a conversation goes? No. Yeah. yeah like every, even, we asked like we even my prompting form. questions like completely just, sidetracked. But I'm oh, really? like, oh, whatever. Sorry. Yeah. How no, long is this podcast? When do you throw me out of here? Uh, we're at 20 minutes. <laughs> All right. Oh, like, we're just getting started. Charities went. We talked for an hour and 15 minutes, and I I got it down to 50 minutes. All right. We just kept talking, but we can. Cause Let's see how busy, we do. Man. Yeah. Um. But now I want to know, and I don't know if you even can speak to this, but Molly, your daughter went through her last two years of high school during COVID. Mm-hmm. How did that, like my dream is to have Molly on to talk about it. Cause this is such an interesting thing to me. These kids that went through high school during a pandemic, like, did you see how that changed anything? And now that she's graduated, how well, do you, that's a great question. And to have my daughter on to talk about it would be interesting. Um, her grade nine year was hundred percent normal. Yeah, because it was 2018, 2019 pandemic hadn't even wasn't a thing. The middle two years were the ones that really got torpedoed. Yeah. yeah. The grade 12 year was lar- with the uh, exception of an extended Christmas break. It was a normal year. They went to school the whole time. There were no massive outbreaks that anybody's aware of. And so it was those middle two years. And I consider us lucky because our kids do pretty well. They're not necessarily students at risk. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that you could suggest was compromised was the socialization. Yeah. On the education side, they made it work. Um, I feel for parents of students at risk. I think they're the ones. So all of this to say, our daughter is not going far. She's going to loyalist for post-secondary. A, because the program that, you know, she wants to take is there. But the beautiful little side effect, we think... Of that, our concern as parents would be, are the next couple of graduating groups actually ready to go away? I don't think they would be. I don't think so. Like some will, but some won't. Like closer to home, maybe, sure. But like to go off and live on your own, I think that high school is like some formative socialization years. And like your growth and development as a person. Like I learned the most about myself probably you know, between the ages of like 14 and 19. Yeah, sure. And so, um, you know, she'll take this college program. It's quite possible. Then she'll go away maybe for a year or two at university. And in a sense, it's not by design. We didn't push her to do this. We're just hoping it's a side effect that the couple of years that she'll be taking college and able to live at home are going to be the two years that help get her prepared to go away. Yeah, I, mean, I wish all the best for students that are going off, you know. Um, I wasn't ready when I graduated. But I, I think or, there's going to be some students that potentially could struggle being away from home because they're some of those formative high school years were in a pandemic. I can see that. It'll I, be interesting. I wasn't in a pandemic and I still I I graduated high school, went to Queens, struggled, dropped out took a year at Loyalist and then ended up going back to Queens. I, I do think you're not necessarily ready. And the pandemic just may have made that may amplify that. Yeah. yeah. I definitely wasn't ready. I didn't, I dropped out of high school and then moved to Toronto for like two years and then came back. And then a year later went to Loyalist. So it was like, I knew that at 18, I was not ready yeah. to drop so, thousands of dollars. Okay. Yeah. No, my mom could, would say differently, well. but I think it really like it really did. She wanted me to just take like a general arts and science Mm -hmm. just to stay in school. And I'm just kind of like, oh, I just don't want to waste my money doing something that I'm not because I know what I I knew what I wanted to do. I just wasn't ready to commit to it. And I think that's okay. I thought it was okay, but, you know, I've tried many things. And here I am arriving at podcasting, (laughs) podcasting master. And Fergus teaching us the ways to push the buttons and the buttons. Um, what is the best insult you've ever received that like you're most proud of? Oh boy. The best insult that I've ever received. So many. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you the best insult I've ever given. Oh, let's hear it. To me? No, not to you. (laughs) Not to you. I was. And then who did you say it to? (laughs) Hey, can you say who you said it to? It was, it's in, it was on Twitter. And I was feeling saucy because the Roe versus Wade thing had just happened. Okay. And Ryan Williams tweeted his support for women and their right to choose. And I was like, great. And he had some troll people being like, uh, and so I literally just replied to someone and I was like, F off, Tom. I don't even remember what his name was. And he was like, no, he was like, because if you had our baby, you'd abort it. 
I was kind of like, that was such a stupid thing. I'm like, actually, no, I keep the baby <laughs> and raise a child that your parents will actually be proud of. Oh, Ooh. that is a good one. Yeah, you, you and then he was like, have a great night. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that was the walk off. But yeah, I know that was that. So I guess, you know, this isn't an insult. It's not a great answer to the question. But, you know, when when artists go out bouncing around from radio station to radio station, um, you know, to promote their new album or their new song or whatever the case management for these artists started building in more time for their stop in Belleville at cool 100 because they know I talk too much and I could only make people late for so long before they started building in more time. It's not necessarily an insult, but I took that as I talk way too much. I've been in the room for a lot of those conversations. Yeah. Sometimes it goes long, it, it but go- it's always really interesting. Like it's never just kind of like fluffy stuff. It's like, no, you really get to know people. And I think that's why you're so like well liked because you take the time to get to know mm-hmm. these artists. And well, and it's yeah, you know, I, I treat the situation, uh, you know, when artists show up, these poor people, they got to go from station to station. They got long drives in between. To show up in a radio studio and often be asked the exact same questions that they were asked uh, however many miles before. And I know I would, I'd do it out of a sense of duty, but it would be so monotonous that it would feel a bit like hell on earth. And so, and, and to me, part of getting a compelling conversation out of somebody is figuring out what makes that person tick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was never not by design. I would never just sit somebody down and turn on the microphones and record an interview. Yeah. I'd put my feet up on the desk, let somebody get comfortable. They just got out of a car they've been in for who knows how long and let that person relax for a while. And that's where you really figure out in that conversation off the air, you build a bit of a, a rapport with somebody. They become disarmed. And then eventually we'll straighten up and go, okay, well, let's, let's see how this goes. Mm -hmm. The person's mellowed out at that point. You've built a bit of a trust and um, you've gotten to know the individual and all of a sudden you get much better content and they have a better experience as well. The reality is, yeah, we're going to promote the album. We're going to promote the song, but let's figure out what makes you tick. Yeah. And I think it's just cool to like get to know these people as people and not just artists and the song that they're pushing oh, and yeah. all these things. Well, it's been one of the more rewarding things ever, you know, because when we're all done our career and our feet are hopefully in the water at the end of a dock somewhere, what are we left with? Mm-hmm. We're left with the relationships. And if you don't have that, it would feel somewhat like an empty yeah. uh, period in time to have spent. So, you know, I, I'm really lucky to consider well, almost everybody in the Canadian country circle as, as friends and people who, you know, certainly would be there beyond the scope of our careers. I don't think I've, I've met a lot of people like both through work and, you know, just through other means. And I've never met somebody who's had anything bad to say about you. ever. No, ever. Text my wife. (laughs) Well, I, I appreciate that. And, and, you know, I have a genuine care for for um, the industry for a variety of reasons. Um, and some of them are uh, self-serving is not the, the way to say it. Um, I figure investing heavily in Canadian country careers, it's good for our business as well. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And there was a pivotal time that changed the way I saw everything. And Johnny Reed did two shows at the Empire Theater, and it was March of 2009. And these people, you know, probably as young as eight years old and as old as 80, and they're losing their mind in each of those two shows. I've rarely heard the Empire so loud for Johnny Reed and Canadian artist. Mm -hmm. And I have access to Johnny. Yeah. And so I thought, hang on, these people don't put boundaries on their music. They don't put borders on their Mm -hmm. music. So why do we see it that way at radio? And so um, that changed the way I thought, why wouldn't I invest heavier in making Johnny Reed a bigger star or Dean Brody or Gord or Dallas or or Jess and all these folks? Because I have access to them. There's a better chance I can put our audience in front of Dallas, Jess, Lindsay L., Megan, you name it. 
I have access to these guys. Mm -hmm. So to foster those relationships, and I'm just a social being by nature um, and and probably a bit quirky, um, by investing heavier in their careers, it's good for our audience. It's good for our business and it's good for their business. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just a guy who, you know, this working in radio sure beats having a real job. Like if we can, you know, if I can do this and I don't know, it's like, what a way to spend a life. It is magical working in radio. My friend just said to me, cause I was working another job and came back to the radio station. And she said, you just seem so much happier and you get to create cool things. Well, and there's, like, therein lies the answer. We get to create. Yeah. You think about that. We get to come in here every day and yes, there's the business end of it, you know, and we can get bogged down in that sometimes, but you think about it, even when we sit around and have promotions meetings, what are we doing? We're trying to create something cool for our audience. Yeah. yeah. Like what a, it's so what rewarding. A treat. Yeah. It's so fun. And I just love my coworkers too. Like you guys are pretty awesome. I guess so. And I just love listening <laughs> to people with radio voices talk in daily life. Cause sometimes the radio voice doesn't come off. Well, it's, you know, and I do get vocally profiled. I call it. Um, <laughs> people are like, I know that voice. Happened to me getting an oil change the other day. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's and, so funny. You know, and, and so I get it at Horton's all the time and, and, um, yeah, I, I do get it quite a lot. And so I'm getting an oil change. But here's the, um, and it is great. I'm not going to present it in any other light. But what you have to do in that moment, and you can feel it coming. Like I'm getting an oil change at Great Canadian Oil Change. They're good advertisers. And uh, I'm sitting there and, and the guy says to me, your voice sounds really familiar. And I said, there's probably a really good reason for that. And he said, uh, Cool 100, right? In that moment, though, you have to be prepared to give that person a positive experience. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's not just an oil change on a Saturday. No. Because if you come off as a doofus or not interested in the conversation with this person, when I drive away with my fresh oil change, that's, that's what, what they get left with. Yeah. yeah. They may not remember the conversation, but they'll sure as hell remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. I went through the Hortons drive through the other day and cool 100 super fan i told the story about running into a bear on the cottage road just a couple of days earlier and someone else stuck their head out the window and said my coworker just told me that you had an encounter with a bear the other day <laughs> well now it's not just me buying a steep tea yeah, yeah. you know that person you got to leave them with so you've always 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 got to be prepared for that situation yeah and it's pretty cool if you're in a like well it is yeah you know but um and don't get me wrong. I preface it by saying it, it is, it's a privilege to be in the business and to have an audience that engaged. I was up at Bed Bath & Beyond a couple of years ago and, you know, my wife was buying something and the lady behind the counter looks at me and says, congratulations on your award, by the way. I had no idea, you know. And then I felt bad because I didn't shave before I'd left the house, <laughs> right? You always have to look your best. Well, mm, yeah, yeah, you're right. What, what is it? Like a, a face for radio? That makes yeah, me yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, time. yeah. Maybe that's the greatest insult that I've ever got. That's a good insult. <laughs> I feel, I've yeah, had that I a million times. It, but it is funny. Okay, oh. so just to segue a little sure. bit here. What's your favorite work-related memory? Oh, boy. From all 20, like, seven years you've been here. One of the... I could answer this 40 times. Okay, One let's the, tip back. All right. <laughs> I'm going to, I'll fly through a few. Okay, go. And again, I apply the same filter. If I, at the end of my career and my feet are in the water, what are going to be the things that still stick in my head? Yeah. Um, I uh, interviewed Kevin Costner back in September of 2011. Um, That's pretty cool. It was very cool. And, you know, Costner has his band, Modern mm-hmm. West. Of course, he's one of the biggest stars on the planet. Uh even before Yellowstone. And um, I hardly slept for a couple of nights prior to knowing I had 15 minutes of time with Costner on the phone because I thought, I don't want to be that guy who comes off as a doofus in the interview, right? And so uh, the night before the interview, I'm laying there trying to sleep, and I thought, okay, why is Kevin Costner on the phone with me? Um, It's because he's on the road with this band. The easy thing for any interviewer to do would be to, 
take Kevin Costner for a walk through his Hollywood career again. Mm-hmm. But that's not why we're on the phone. So I thought, I'm going to study. I'm going to figure out this guy's music and the whole thing, and we'll have a conversation about that. And so Costner gets on the phone, and, you know, we're we're having the conversation. And unfortunately, I don't have the audio anymore, you oh, know. No. Yeah, so it, it was lost in this cyber attack this, that yeah. we, we got oh, hammered no. with a couple of years ago. But over the course of the 15 minutes or so, you could hear Costner become disarmed because... Why is he on the road? He's touring with his band. And that's at that, you know, if we're going to talk about being present, that's what he was doing. And so um, now there's a couple of times he weaved into his Hollywood career and it's like, all right, if you're going to take me there, then I'm happy to go. But um, at the end of the interview, Costner said to me, am I going to see you tonight? He said, this has been a really good, this has been a fun interview. And I said, well, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best to. So, um, you could hear Costner become disarmed and fully engaged in the conversation. And I take, I take immense pride in that. And so when I did see him before the show downtown, bang, once he was introduced to me and they said, Oh, this is the guy who did the radio interview earlier. He was right back in that moment. And we picked up mm-hmm. the conversation almost right where it left off. That's so cool. Yeah. And, and I hate that. I don't have the audio. I don't sit and listen to old interviews of my own anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But It'd be cool. That's just one to put of my favorite now. Well, so you know, cool. if I had to save one interview of the hundreds and hundreds of them I've done over the years, I wish I had that one. Yeah. But what do you do? It is what it is. That that's one of the things. Yeah, I, I'm proud of that interview. That's so cool. Yeah. One day I want to be as good as him at interviewing people. That, that's, that's the goal. In who, Costner? No, you. Oh. <laughs> I'm putting on my vision board. Well, it, it, here, here's one of the big mistakes that I hear a lot of interviewers make too. Um, they, uh, they're not really listening to what somebody's saying to them. You know, they got a list of questions in front of them. Yeah. And the moment whoever they're talking to starts to answer the question, their mind's already on the next one. Yeah. And they're not necessarily listening to what's being said. And by kind of knowing what you want to talk about, sure, and then just let, you know, and just foster the conversation from there. The other mistake is a lot of interviewers I'll hear ask closed questions, you know, where the person they're talking to can answer either just yes or no, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, did you feel sad when your dog died? Oh, well, yeah. Yes. Yes. Of course I did. Of course Duh. I did. You know, like that's an yeah. example of a closed question and kind of leads to a dull conversation. Yeah. That's interesting. That's good to putting it in the brain box. Yeah. Um, I want to backtrack because you. Sure. I've, I've heard you say you order tea and then you mentioned you were ordering your steep tea at Tim Hortons. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been a coffee drinker or does that just make you too wired? What, no, I love the, the smell of coffee. It's got nothing to do with the impact of the caffeine. I love the smell of coffee. I don't even I don't love the taste. But what I really loathe is the aftertaste that hangs with you oh, all yep. day long. Oh, yeah. That's for that reason. Fair. Oh, oh. I've I just lo- always tried to figure it out now since so like a couple of weeks you've said tea and I was like, wow. Well, the, my wife got me onto tea. Yeah. Frank, I don't even need caffeine in the morning. I don't notice any effect. Like if I skipped my tea in the morning, you it wouldn't notice. necessarily make me drag my rear end. Um, it's just a habit. My tea is kind of my reward for me putting my feet on the floor in the morning. You know, like and, and so, um, yeah, but my wife's a tea drinker and so, okay, give me some of that. Yeah. Neither one of us were coffee drinkers. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So you can enjoy the tea together. I used to have a note in my phone and it had everybody's like Tim Hortons order. So it's like, I knew that yours was like an extra large steep tea with like, I can't remember. One milk and half a sugar. There we go. One milk and half a sugar. That's it got a deleted order. somehow, but like I had everybody in the offices. That's a good play. Coffee order. So yeah, if I was just play. like, hey, do you want Tim Hortons? And someone said, yes. It's like, I already knew what it was because it Don't was already in the house. Yeah, it's like amazing Creskin type of stuff, but just a note in the phone. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that because I have a horrible memory. Well, mine's a, a venti iced chai with oat milk and one Ven- pump of brown sugar syrup. Ven- okay. See, I can't do Starbucks. Long. Why? I feel I need to uh, spend a month on Duolingo or whatever that. Yeah, I feel <laughs> I need to speak another I need to speak another language and I am not interested in that. And... Um, well, I mean, I'd love another language not to walk into Starbucks. <laughs> not Starbucks um, language. <laughs> the other thing is too, 
if I'm going to pay the whatever for that tea, I don't feel I should have to walk over there then and put the milk and sugar in myself. Oh, oh I don't do have with to a do bunch that. of stuff that everybody else. I'm not a germaphobe, but I don't need to be sharing uh, the milk jug with everyone in town. That's fair. Not That's a chance. Fair. I don't. Not think, a chance. I think they like because I always do it through the drive-through, and they don't add anything to mine because it's literally just the chai and the oat milk. They put it together yeah. and then they just See, shake, shake, shake. I put my order into that box and when I pull up to that window, somebody's going to hand me a perfectly made steep tea. Yeah. yeah it's that's what it's I, a perfect model. Why would I do enough. anything else? I like that. Yeah. I like consistency. I think ah, Starbucks yeah. is just closer to where I live. Yeah, that's true now. Yeah. And I like their banana bread. I'm going to yeah. make you banana bread. Their banana bread is yeah, really true. good and Lincoln okay. loves it and Kate gets yeah, no, whatever hey. she wants. She gets those fancy... That's cake cool. Pops. And, and, and I could be in the minority. Cake but pops are would, delicious. Yeah, I, I would drive by one to get to a Horton's. Oh, man. Yeah, that's no. true Canadian 100%. right there. 100%. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's amazing. Oh, I went full Canadian accent there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. It's very letter. Is it letter Kenny? I love letter Kenny. Don't get me going. <laughs> you know, I do get nailed for being Canadian when I'm down in the U.S. Really? Yep. I could see that. Yep. Funny. All yeah. the time. I was at a St. Jude's conference down in Memphis a few years ago, and there was this doctor who got up and gave this speech, and it just, I mean, put everybody away. The guy was great. And so afterwards, I saw him in the the, the hallway, and I went up to him to say, uh, hey, listen, that was really great. And he says, you're either from northern Michigan or you're Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't hear it in myself, but no. then when I get anywhere in America, I get you nailed can, you can all hear the time. It. All the time. I remember being in Nashville for a plumbing conference and everyone knew. They're just like, just by the way you speak, there's just, yep. it's not. And I was just like, I, th- I sound exactly like you guys do. And they're like, no, you don't. No, you don't. And I was no. like, what? Yeah. Yeah. There's an accent. And, and because I live in a smaller area now, like even smaller than Belleville, um, if I'm talking to other people from that area, there's like a Duro accent. And then I put on like more of an accent if I'm talking to someone with one. Mm. Wow. It gets real twangy. <laughs> it's bad. So from real life, putting that out there. Come on, guys. I, I'm just warmed up. Kay's got a list of <laughs> questions. Rapid fire. Let's this go. Isn't, okay. Rapid fire. What's your favorite food? Pizza. What's your favorite color? Blue. What's your favorite country song? Oh, this oh I know. That's a good one. Right? I, I, it's hard for me to define an actual hardcore, like, uh, ultimate favorite song. Um, right now. Ooh, right now it's She Don't Know by Jade Eagles. Oh, that, guy. that song is yeah. so good. Yeah, no, that, that, you know, it's what a... That guy, man, he is some talented, um, you know, and he, he took a very well-written song and really brought it to life. He really did. Yeah. Uh, I've always loved Sky Stays This Blue by Dallas Smith, yeah. uh, you know, because uh, one of my favorite moments, this is like hour two of the podcast. Um, <laughs> no, we're only at 45 minutes. Oh, this well, is yeah, all right, then, Okay. All right. We're not done. If Charity got an hour 15, I can do better than that. Um <laughs> I love the song because, you know, I've got you know, my kids and I, I mean, those really little kid years are behind me now. And so that song's always hit me hard. But Dallas uh, performed that live on the CCMAs in 2017 in, in uh, Saskatoon to, to end the show. And the screen in the background, it said for Veda, which is one of his daughters, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. and the whole thing. And Dallas, you know, he killed the song. But what was so funny, it's got nothing to do with the song. I was sitting beside a guy named Ted Ellis, mm-hmm. TV guy, and he was the board chair for the CCMA. So he's like a television producer. And he was so, so happy because Dallas ended the song. The song ended right to the second <laughs> when the show faded to black. Oh, perfect. Yeah. It's like, like for television people, not crossing the top hour is like hitting the walk off Grand Slam oh. Homer. And Dallas nailed it to the moment. Like the anyway. That's like meant to be. Good job, Dallas. Yeah, way to go, Dal. <laughs> and the producers of the show, you know, who kept yeah. everything right to time. Wow. Beautiful. Um, What's your favorite country song right now? Right now? Honestly, James Barker Band is like my jam. Yeah. And I don't know names of songs because I'm horrible at that. But the chorus is like, um, we're throwing punches, punches in parking lots. Anyone? Anyone? Oh, it's... Um, I drink beer, I smoke pot, I throw punches in a parking lot. 
I don't dance, but damn. It's actually a singing podcast. Yeah, that's what um, I just why I was gonna see how long like, that went. Me and my friends have seen the James Barker band four times. We saw them at Boots, and and whenever that song comes on, we just like find each other and fake fight, and, and yeah. it, it's just like a they're memory. good boys. They're good boys. I saw them in Toronto, yeah. and Connor the drummer has a mullet. His shirt came off. Big he nose. is who I would be later in my afterlife. Can I say that? I don't know. Oh, goodness. James Barker's a scary, talented guy, though. He's so um, good. Their TikTok is so good. Is it? Well, I was thinking more Fantastic. of the songwriting. Yeah. But, well, no, uh, yeah, but like he shares that stuff through the TikTok, like the yeah. whole process of things and like it's very cool. And in fact, I think Barker was one of the writers on She Don't Know by Jade. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, Yeah, he's a scary, talented guy. And they're just from... Woodville, Woodville, Ontario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At which, least James and one of the other yeah, guys. Yeah, because at the concert they were asking, they're t- like, "Who's from a small town?" And I think that hits home. Like, just being from a small town and then seeing these guys, like, there's just so much yeah, like, Canadian, yeah. like pride. I feel them. that every yeah, time I see Shania Twain, they're terrific. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you're from Timmins. <laughs> like, I could be you. It's been fun to watch their career grow, though. Yeah. Like, from guys who showed up here at the radio station when they put out "Lawn Chair Lazy," the first single, and. You know, they keep throwing heater after heater and they got the deal down in Nashville through Sony Music Nashville. And that's that's one of the great satisfactions for me in this business is watching young artists and and their career progress. And then, you know, Tennille Arts is another one who started to make it internationally, you know, down in the U.S. And we did a Zoom interview back a few months ago and she's talking about the first time she ever came into the radio station. And I I don't even necessarily remember. I was there because she had a song and I was obsessed with it. And it went like the interview went past like five o'clock and I'm like, I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. (laughs) Just going to keep being. Yeah. You know, and so many of those experiences, it's almost becomes like watching your kids grow up and graduate and the whole thing. It's yeah. I I do feel that attachment, whether right, wrong or indifferent. Yeah. I remember when James Barker band, like they were here and then they played like the Picton fair. Well, even High Valley, I recall them playing uh, some event down in the county. I remember them playing the Sterling Theater one time. And then fast forward a few years and they get their Warner Music uh, Nashville deal. And they're standing on Kelly Ripa and Seacrest (laughs) show playing Make You Mine. I'm going. It's like Dallas Smith. I will always see him in concert because I saw him first at like the Calabogie Country Music Festival in 2015, maybe. And, and there was one hotel there and we were sitting on, like on the floor outside our friend's room. And then Dallas and his drummer walk out of the elevator and my friend just goes, sup Dallas. And then like, he's just like, I walk and we were like, Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and like now, you know, he's playing these huge, such a great guy. Yeah. He's just, he's so nice. Like I've had nothing but good experiences with Dallas. Yeah. He's a one of a kind. He um, he, he's an incredible he is, I think, the gold standard when it comes to vocalists. And um, whenever Dal rolls through on tour, we do our best to get some golf in. And who wins? Oh, he beat me by ten. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it, the poor guy. Um, the first hole we played at Smuggler's Glen just before the Kingston show, and we got we only had time for nine holes. And Dal always says, "You know, we'll play golf." He says, "I'll skip sound check." <laughs> Like he's that talented vocally, you know, he just like doesn't... I'll skip, I'll skip the sound check. And, um, I said, do you do vocal warm up? He said, no, I just drink a lot of water. And then he goes out and just kills the vocals all the time. But I bounced one off a rock and it ended up in the fairway in the first hole. And I thought, all right, it's going to be my day. And then I went on to make 10 on that hole, you know, and, and he beat me by 10 that day. He, he played particularly well. He's, he's, um, just a monster monster talent and um you know i've known dallas uh for many many years and and to have him as such a good friend is a yeah that's so cool it is very cool um yeah i did do golf camp as a child stop it really yeah i wasn't good at it and my brother got really dehydrated and left (laughs) so that was the end of your golf that was like my parents were like you're going to golf camp and i was like okay I went to Bible camp. <gasps> I never went to camp. Really? No, my mom was a teacher. So, oh, so there was, was no home. need. Yeah. She was home. Fair enough. You know, we grew up north of Coburg where, you know, I mean, we had nothing. 
I Googled lots. you are from ba- Baltimore, Ontario. I am from Baltimore. I had to Google it. I've never. Yeah. Whole 10,000 population. How to get to 10,000? Where are they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're on the map now. At if 10, it was 10,000, wow. Um, you know, it was, um, that must be the entire township or something because, you know, it's just a little hamlet. Yeah. And, um, you know, you always have to explain to people that there, A, there is a Baltimore, Ontario, and where on earth it is, you know, just north of Coburg. What was your favorite thing to do in the summer then? Well, it's all the stuff that at the time, you know, you took for granted. But now looking back, I wish I could have raised my kids that way. Like we'd wake up in the morning and the day was your own. And yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, my brother and I, because we had about four acres of property. Funny thing, my dad would plow the part of the property, like if, but we never planted anything. You would plow it. I'm not to this day sure why. He's really just avoiding all of the children. Yeah, He's maybe. Like, I'm just gonna go yeah, plow this get field. on a noisy tractor yeah. so I don't have to hear yeah. the seven kids. Yeah. But the um, my brother and I'd make these uh, roads with our toy trucks, you know, and we had mm-hmm. these entire like villages that we would make out of these roads. And then whatever, a couple of weeks, three weeks later, Dad'd plow the field again. We'd have to start right over. And those are some of the fondest memories I have uh, as a kid growing up. I love that. We'd be in the forest. We'd be who knows where. Yeah, we used to do the same thing. Like, yeah. Like, just like my backyard literally was just like woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we would just find the creeks and, you know, in the front in the winter, which was a lot of the time, we just built all these like cabins and tunnels. And oh, yeah, I was like cool. lived outside. It was so yeah. great. But then the teenage years hit and you feel like you're somewhat isolated from your friends and everything else. And that has its own challenges. But now looking back, would I ever, all you want to do is get out. Mm-hmm. But then now what I would, I would love to have a nice chunk of property somewhere. Oh you my know, gosh. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah, that's what my mom, I'd be like, mom, I'm bored. She says, just go outside. Just yeah, go, go for a bike ride. I don't care. Do. Oh yeah. That was the other thing. I had a, a radio, ironically, I, uh, on my bicycle and some. That's my, so cool. And I would ride around. Uh, all over the place, and I'd have the Blue Jay game on the radio, um, and I loved that. Some of my fondest memories, just riding around, listening to the Blue Jay game on the radio. And I remember 1986, and Jesse Barfield hit his 30th home run of the season. I was so excited. I actually had to stop my bike. I remember exactly where I was. I think it was the first Blue Jay to ever hit 30 homers, and it was just like baseball was king for me when I was a kid. Even more so than hockey. Like as a Canadian kid, that's weird to, to say. But um, oh yeah, riding around, yeah. listening to the ball game, man. Life was simple. It was awesome. That's I'm all just, we used to do as kids. It was yeah. just like bike around the city because there's nothing really else to do. Because you know Timmins, but <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know. the north. Yeah. I I don't even know. Like I have so many more questions, but I don't even know. All right, let's get back to rapid fire. Okay, rapid fire. Rapid oh, fire. what's your favorite TV show right now? Ooh, my favorite TV show right now. I just started Better Call Saul. I don't know. I have not watched it, but I am giving the episodes to Sandy. Oh, yeah? Okay. (laughs) What's it about? Legally. Give me a quick. Oh, I'm not even necessarily, because I'm literally on episode. Oh, okay. I think I just started episode three last night, so I'm just kind of starting to wrap my head around what this guy's up to and where Mm -hmm. the show's going to go. So, you know, and. That's the beauty of those streaming platforms is that even though Better Call Saul has been posted for years, you know, mm-hmm. all right, there it is now for me go, now. Yeah. You know, I, I got through Superstore, you know, it was a great, oh, that was a great mind show. candy uh, yeah. uh, show. I loved it. And um, in fact, I went back and started that one over again. But yeah, I, I, we'll see. Better Call Saul. I'm starting to get hooked on it. You know, if, if a show doesn't hook me within a couple of episodes, I'm out. Yeah, that's how I was with Breaking Bad. It took me probably six episodes before I like really felt like I could yeah. get into it. The end of the first it. one hooked me. I I had to keep going at that, and I love yeah, it. it. Like and one of course, of those things you had to just power through it. Yeah, and Better Call Saul is is also like it's it's a spinoff, of course. Yeah, from Breaking of Bad. Breaking Bad. Oh, is it? Yeah. I'm looking at the pictures on Google right now because I had no idea what it was. Well, Bob Odenkirk is the guy. Yeah. I don't know. Who, I don't. Well, I he's don't. the guy who stars in it. But what I didn't know about Odenkirk is that he somehow, whether I don't think he's a cast member, maybe he's a writer on SNL. Really? So really? So yeah. I, yeah. Huh. Yeah. The more you know. That's right. Honestly. See, hour two of the podcast, and that's where you really start to learn. <laughs> the more All you right, know. Rapid fire. What else you got? Uh, yeah. What's your favorite local restaurant? There. That's a good one. Mm. This is my favorite question we ask. Same. Here's what I've recently gotten into. 
is trying out more mom and pop shops. Yeah. yeah. And what I've discovered is Dimitri's up in Frankfurt. Yeah. Ooh, tell me more. I, I've never heard of this place. Uh, local restaurant. And, um, you know, they got a pretty extensive menu, but it's mm-hmm. Dimitri's Pizza, right? So, okay. So let's work on the pizza model, even though they make an incredible club sandwich. And so uh, I order a, a medium pizza. Uh, you know, I figure it's a reasonable size. It was huge. Really? Love it. Massive. Love it. The dream. And, and it's, um, you know, like, it, it's just amazing. And, and so it really, you know, it's one of the, in a time of shrinkflation. Yeah. Yeah. They're no, not, they don't follow that model. And even the small pizza is unbelievable. Like it's enough for, for my family. All the garlic bread and cheese is just mm. awesome. The cl- Everything they do that I've tried. And... I've got all day for any pizza place that still uses the dough ball. Yes. Yeah. No more of these little uh, um, furniture table, no. uh, uh, like no. Barbie dollhouse. No. 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 The dough ball. And Tommaso's is another I place. I love the dough ball. So here's what I do. When I order from Tommaso's, mm-hmm. I'll always ask them to put extra dough balls in. <laughs> so when I open the pizza box, there's the one in the middle, but then they'll put four. They're in the corners of the box. Now and that's I always, a secret to order more dough ball. Well, I always tell them on the phone. Can I get extra dough balls? My kids fight over them. And, and so um, there's that, that's based in truth, but they're now too old to care. But I still give that same story. It's so that I can eat about three of them How, on the way home. Yeah. How do you deny the children the dough balls? That's it. Never be scared to order more dough balls. Power to the carbs. Favorite uh, local concert you've ever seen? <sighs> Favorite local concert? Yeah. Oh, man. That's kind of a hard one. I do apologize. Well, no, that's okay. I love questions like that and, and uh, that you really got to think about. Um, I saw the Mavericks at the Empire Theater one time a few years ago. And it wasn't so much that I want, I was dying to go see the Mavericks. It's that my buddy Ron from the record label, we we're going to have dinner and go see the show. Great. So it was just a social outing. These guys blew me away. And it was one of the only shows, I shouldn't say one of the only shows, but it was maybe a cut above in terms of a show that I was disappointed when it ended. It was one of those ones you just wanted to keep going. And the energy level was just constant. And yeah. it wasn't even that, I mean, the music was great, but even visually it was captivating. There was this guy on keys and it's like he had ants in his pants. It was like a struggle for him to stay seated on the bench that he was using to Love play. That. Like it was just, it was visually appealing. It was a tight show and even if you heard one of the songs they played on the radio, it just seemed to have a new energy when they did it live. So that Mavericks show was one of those ones that I went in, you know, all right, I'm going to see the Mavericks. And I was just blown away. And then there was another show I saw at a church in Bloomfield. And this would have been close to 25 years ago. And it was a guy named Bruce Guthrow. Mm-hmm. Great East Coast singer-songwriter guy. Hard to pigeonhole him when it comes to radio. It's not necessarily a radio act just a great songwriter and um you know that was uh, a show that i really really loved oh i love that yeah. yeah i can't remember i think i saw great big c in belleville and really? that was a really good alan doyle is one of the most compelling guys out there yeah and doyle um one of the greatest uh compliments i got paid was from doyle it was Saskatoon, 2017 CCMAs, and we had one radio station of the year, and I got up and I gave the speech. And then in one of the after parties, there was Alan Doyle. So him and I got shooting some wind. And uh, Doyle said, I liked your speech up there. I said, oh, yeah. He said, I leaned over to whoever's beside me at the table and said, I don't know where that guy is, but I hope he's calling hockey games somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> we ordered a cocktail and had a nice time. That's a dream. So, like, okay, to kind of like expand on this question, what's the best concert you've seen in general? Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band on the reunion tour in the year 2000. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. And I, uh, I, uh, I grew up, of course, with the older siblings. I was influenced a lot by their music and, uh, you know, so enter Springsteen and the E Street Band. Bruce, it, it was the reunion tour, so you had nothing but like two hours, two and a half worth of just all the hits. But what was so great about it, too, was that, you know, I mean, uh, Father Time's unbeaten and two or three of the members of the E Street Band are gone. So mm-hmm. 
you know, Clarence Clement, like it was the whole band intact playing nothing but the That's smash so cool. hits. Wow. And it was really great. That's really cool. What about you, Katie? Best concert? Yeah. Can you come back to me? What's your favorite concert? It's a it's a tie between two. Okay. The first visually and musically, Jay-Z and Kanye West. It was so well put together. This is before Kanye kind of went off the rail. The rails. Sure. Um, him and Jay-Z had done like a collaboration album and it was just so good. Hmm. Um, and I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I did, but I really did. Experience wise, I'd have to say it was like 2007, maybe 2006, 2007. I was living in Toronto and a bunch of friends of mine had opened for Guns N' Roses. Yeah, that's so cool. We got like the backstage pass, like all access pass kind of experience. I got like a massage by his, like their masseuse. They had like a masseuse on tour. Oh, nice. So we got like the whole like rock star treatment. Um, So that was probably experience wise. That was probably the coolest one. Yeah. I figured it out. Jay-Z and Kanye. That's cool. Um, I saw Jimmy Buffett at the Budweiser stage. Yeah, that's really cool. And that was really cool. My whole family was there. And we were all in Hawaiian shirts and it was raining. So we all had rain ponchos. Ah, Love it. And it was just such a fun energy. Like everyone was just having the best time. Cool. That's amazing. And that's part of it too, you know, is the experience. And and with that Springsteen show, I was there with my brother and his wife and another one of my brothers. And so, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was cool. It was was an awesome, I've I've seen so many shows, you know, um, but that, that was, uh, that was a, a great one. It, it does. The people around you can really make or break a concert. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm a bit rowdy at concerts and I've had people like yell at me. Not because I'm doing, I'm just singing, but then some people aren't in that concert vibe or they don't like that you're standing up in front of them. So. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And I don't know who's right or wrong. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry. In I, just, that. I yeah, really don't. My body can't sit down right now. It wants to be standing. And yeah. So. Yeah. It, it's tough. And, and I've heard, and I think it's, you know, like when you're at a show and you go there to hear the the music and the person behind you is it's you know singing at the top of their lungs where you, now I can't hear the artist all I can hear is you mm-hmm. yeah and it does honestly impact the experience yeah. and once it starts you can't stop all you can hear is that person yeah <laughs> you know and and but, but that's their experience so yeah. who's yeah. right They're or wrong like, yeah. I don't know I don't know uh, I'm, I'm out. That's it. We're tapped. I think We're I'm, tapped. I think I'm done. I, my brain, us, my brain is just like so happy and full of things right now. Yeah. I'm just tired. Well, that's saying something because normally people who spend this much time with me, they, they, they their brain hurts for a different reason. No, my brain's <laughs> and, like happy. And I'm like, the, I just learned so, cause I've known you since I was seven, I think. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And then I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Just about as far back oh, as boy. you can remember. And, yeah. So and, these uh, people, everyone here has watched my brother and I like grow up. Yeah. No kidding. That's so crazy. We used to clean the office like that. We were the office. Really? Cleaners. My parents would bring us in on yeah. Sunday and we'd clean the office. <laughs> well, you know, what's, what's, what's great is your brother came down to a couple of the uh, country radio yeah. seminar conferences down in Nashville with us. We had such a great time. And um, he kept getting mistaken for either a hockey yeah. player <laughs> or for a, an emerging it. country yeah. artist. They're like, who are you? Like, well, do you play hockey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Really? Yeah. And in the hotel doesn't. bar, it was happening all the time. That's you so know, funny. Because he's got the build of both, like a yeah. country and artist. I think he or, had like very flowy hair at that point. Yeah. And, um, and it turned out this woman who had come up and asked him the question was, Somebody who had become a 90s member of Fleetwood Mac. What? And she got wholeheartedly offended when I asked her for a business card. And she was, gave me the whole, uh, I, I don't have business cards. And I said, oh, well, I'm, I'm from Canada. I'm sorry. And she says, well, Fleetwood Mac was pretty big in Canada, too. <laughs> and I said, oh, man. I said, I don't know what to tell you. And she gave me her name. Her name's Becca Bramlett. Wow. Wow. And okay. so I, I ended up, you know, and I said, okay. And she, I thought she kind of sanded the edge off her tone after that. I, again, I got her disarmed. Yeah. yeah I disarm people. <laughs> I found out that after uh, Fleetwood Mac's real heyday, she was one of the band yeah. members, you know, in mid nineties. And so, <laughs> so I, maybe that's my claim to fame. I asked <laughs> Becca Bramlett, um, late, 
uh, era member of Fleetwood Mac yeah. for a business card. <laughs> you know, that's, maybe that's, that's the best one. insult I ever administered oh my unknowingly. Yeah. So. I think we feels like it. we're into part two. <laughs> I know of, this happens. Okay. Of, of the Give them our sponsors. Okay. Hold on. Cause I'm the guy who has to do this all the time. Okay. So let me hear you do this. Oh God. Now the pressure is on. The pressure is squarely on. Babes and Quinty is sponsored it's by. It's Babes of Quinty. <laughs> so, well, it says Babes in Quinty. Okay. Edit it, Katie. I just edited it. <laughs> Sounds like you're both. This is your fault. <laughs> Babes of Quinty is sponsored by Good News in Quinty, the weekly email newsletter from inquinty.ca that focuses only on the good things happening in the Bay of Quinty. Subscribe and read past issues at goodnewsinquinty.ca. All right. Now let's review this Good News in Quinty. It's, um, it's pretty awesome. It is really awesome. It is awesome. People should subscribe to that. Here's how advertising should be done. Yeah. You know? Tell me in a real way why I need this. You know what? It's been a heavy news time over the last couple of years. And Good News and Quinty's going to shine yeah. a light on everything that's awesome in our community. And it's going to land in your inbox every, is it Sunday Sad. morning? Usually it's yeah. Saturday But morning. normally it's Saturday. Do you have anything you want to like highlight or share? No? Wrap things up? No, I've learned things about myself I didn't even know. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm just going to tell everyone, you can listen to Paul Ferguson in the afternoons on Cool 100.1. I show up most days. Most days. Most days. Most days. Most yeah. days. Yeah. Okay, yeah. hit him with our socials. Our socials are... Babesofquinny at gmail.com <laughs> is our email. <laughs> and you My can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook and Instagram at... Babes of Quinny. Yeah, me. What's your personal? Hey, it's K X O with some periods in there. And of course, follow. That's us. easy to find. Yeah, just with some periods in there. Okay, thank you. If you just if you search it though, it'll just pop up. All right. So you don't really need to know where the periods are because it will populate itself. Okay. And follow the farm at Tipsy Willow Farm because I'm always plugging that. Tipsy. That was Willow. great. Thank you. That, that was, was great. Amazing. That's it. That's all. Thank you. All right. Let's go get.